everyone. Welcome back to the Shea Station Podcast. It is episode 106. It is Saturday, October 8th. And the Mets, in their first playoff game in six years, got punched in the mouth by the San Diego Padres by a final score of 7-1. to I'm one of your co-hosts, Jack, a.k.a. Jolly Olive. You saw me sat on stream last night, and you saw Jerry looking great on SNY TV at the ballpark. Jerry, how you doing? This is how this is how I feel. We're going hoods up. We're going I'm, hoods up. I'm going like Kenny. If I said a Kenny reference, would you know what I'm talking I about? I knew what you're talking about. They killed Jerry. Those bastards. <laughs> they killed Jerry. Uh, you know, I'm 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 a full mix of emotions. Yeah. Uh it's very similar to the Atlanta series, except this one is you know, winner take all, like winner go home. Right. And Scherzer doesn't look right and it's mm. it bothers me and I feel terrible for him for the fan base um because he in his post game he said he was you know he thought he made the adjustments and he clearly didn't I hope he's okay physically yeah. um but yeah it's it's pretty ominous uh but this, this is a good thing we have Jacob deGrom on the yeah. mound so it's a new day a new morning we're ready to, to win everybody's going to be facing elimination yeah that's the uh, that's the crazy part about wildcard weekend and also the good part i think because a one gamer here would be a really tough way to end the season and at least you get a shot to deploy the strategy that you've been touting since march which is degrom and scherzer in two games you're bound to win at least one of them well now you got to win one of them for sure um DeGrom hasn't looked amazing in September, but he's still Jacob DeGrom. And it's his first playoff start since World Series Game 2 in 2015. How about this? This is his first postseason appearance at City Field, ever. None of his starts were at home? Nope. Are you kidding? Wait, that's a, that's LA, a crazy stat. LA, Chicago, and Kansas City. Right. I would, like to take, I would like to take credit for it, but it's Gary Cohen. Um, <sighs> So the guy's the king. So you are totally right. Yeah, two in LA where he won both, one in Chicago where he won, and then one in Kansas City where he got outdueled by Cueto, who was really good that game. Yeah, and uh, he's pitched an elimination game before. Yes, he has, and he he didn't have his best stuff, but he got gutted it out. Um, but I, I I'm expecting, you know the best Jacob deGrom because because of what I saw from him in Atlanta. Like, it started out very poor, right? But after those two home runs early, he locked it in, and he was pitching angry, and he was mixing his locations. Um, and then Dansby got him, but that's, you know, that's going to happen. Dansby was the hottest hitter on the planet. But this lineup could be pitched to, and he's nasty, um, there's no reason for me to do anything but expect amazingness from Jacob deGrom. Now, the feeling, because of how Atlanta went and how bad Scherzer looked, that it's going to keep, like, snowballing. Scherzer down, deGrom down, that, or deGrom and Scherzer. Um, so that's, you know, there's a little bit of down feeling with it because it could be Jacob deGrom's last appearance as a Met. Um, you know, you, you, you tweeted it out this morning, legacy 
start. And it is. Um, but there are some very good signs. And I'm actually looking forward to the game very much because I expect a legacy game. I expect this, you know, Jacob deGrom to throw the Mets on his back and carry us to tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, it is most certainly a legacy game. A lot of, uh, you know, there's a lot of doom on the timeline, but there's also a lot of encouragement. I, I really liked this stat from uh, Mark Healy. Uh, the Mets lost game one of the 69 World Series. They lost game one of the 73 NLCS, 86 NLCS, 86 World Series, and 2000 NLDS, and they won all those games. Now, this is a much greater challenge because there is zero room for error. You got to win both games out. Um, but I do think uh, you face the toughest of the trio of the Padres starters and you, Darvish, who honestly I don't think was completely untouchable last night. I think he made a decent handful of mistakes in this lineup just could not capitalize. Um, he was relying heavily on that cutter uh, high and low, and it was just befuddling Mets hitters. And it was kind of a similar game that we've seen a lot recently, which was the Mets got things going in the first two innings and could not punch a run across. And then that allowed the starter to just get into a rhythm and he settled in for basically the rest of the game. He probably would have went eight innings, if not for Mark Canna making him throw 13 pitches and one at bat. Um, but the Padre, the most shocking thing to me was the Padres winning by way of the home run ball because they're not one of the good slugging teams in baseball, not just in the postseason field, but they smack four home runs, including Trent Grisham, who admittedly is one of my guys. I made a video about him. I like Trent Grisham a lot. Did not like him in that moment for sure. <laughs> Did not like him. Uh, yeah, Profar. Uh, Josh Bell murdered a ball. Oh my Machado god! Hit. Machado tried to get the cover off. Yeah, man, just it was. There was positive signs, though. You want to do some positivity here on Shea Station? I I got a couple positive signs. I got a couple. Uh, yeah, you hit hit them up, and I'll follow. Um, the Mets had a good game plan for how to attack when they got guys on base because one of the biggest Padres vulnerabilities is them getting stolen bases upon and the Mets were able to steal three bases in the first two innings with Lindor and Marte. I loved Lindor going on the first pitch, catching guys flat footed. Marte looks healthy and I'm sure that'll be something you can expand on as well. Um, And the Mets, I mean, they made solid contact last night, a lot of warning track shots, a lot of good at bats, honestly, besides that little murky area from the third to the fifth. Um, just they couldn't really get anything to fall. But I liked where the game plan in terms of what Buck wanted to do was at. Um, I'm going to follow up. One, you Darvish was nasty. Like he he made some pitches in the middle uh, on occasion, but his stuff was moving. He was changing speeds. That high cutter is really hard. I don't know how difficult, uh, how to explain it, but visually as a hitter, that is a pitch you don't see. And you ever like sometimes um like diaz throws a backup slider that just keep that's what it is it's like uh i was talking to todd zeal and todd was like you know sometimes guys would throw a backup slider and it gets a swing and miss every time because the ball's supposed to go here and it ends up here and you can't prepare for that so visually your whole life you it's telling you to do that and Todd was like if guys could do that all the time they would well you Darvish has figured it out it's that cutter at at the top of the zone or above like he got Ed Escobar uh with the runner on third he struck him out on that it was 
nasty. Like it's really hard to hit. They looked good. They got hits. They put runners in scoring position and then not getting him in. The big one that was mistake ridden was Alonso. Alonso looked anxious at the plate. He looked overexcited. I mean, he threw Darvish threw a first pitch uh, sinker at like 93 and Pete Alonso hit it 6,000 miles, but so foul. I was like, how is he that far in front? <laughs> because you're going to get slowed down. Like they're going to, um, so he was give him a game off because he didn't look great at the plate. But outside of that, everybody looked solid, played good defense. Um, Nito looked good. Uh, they threw a guy out. Like, um, I, I liked what I saw. The bullpen was amazing. Yeah, bullpen. I was shocked to see uh, Lugo come in. Um, but you had so many, so many innings. I understood May because at that point you want to put a cap on it, give yourself some time, and then Lugo coming in. But I would have liked to have seen McGill throw because that's why he's on the team, kind of mop-up duty, I'm assuming. Um, but everybody's still capable of pitching today because they didn't throw too many. Yeah, I mean, uh, the path to success today for me is DeGrom out of Eno Diaz. I think that is, if things go perfectly, that is the way it lines up. And honestly, like, if Adovino gets a runner on or DeGrom gets a runner on late, use Diaz for as many outs as he can. If he goes well, for six, uh, I'm That's cool what it's going to be. I mean, you just, you uh, know, it's a must win. You got to act like it I for mean, sure. Yeah, I think, uh, I think that's the path. So yeah. we, you do what you got to do. I think DeGrom for eight, Diaz for, for one. If it's be tight, awesome. if the offense shows up and yeah. Snell has been, Snell is having a great year. He's a left-handed starter. It's going to be tough. Um, but if the offense, you know, throws up a four or five spot, you know, let, let Jake go a little bit. Yeah. And for that hundred pitch for Snell, he had two starts against us this year. One of them was five shutout innings and one of them was four and two thirds where we got five on him. So regardless of how he does, I don't envision Snell getting incredibly deep into the game. And honestly, the Mets were still taking some good at bats at the beginning and the end of Darvish's start yesterday. Darvish was just pounding strikes, uh, not really afraid to throw it down the middle to any of the guys. Um, so for us, I, I mean, I'm not worried about the pitching tonight. I mean, I think, you know, Scherzer giving up seven earned runs. There's no way to get back into that game, really. I mean, you can just take the positives from it, but there's no way to really overcome what is the worst start in his playoff career uh, outright. Um, he said that if he gets another shot to pitch, he knows what he needs to do, which is a little encouraging um, because I definitely had the thought of if you do come back and you win this series and you make it to the NLDS, um, do you have Max Scherzer for the rest of this run? Or is it now is Cookie getting into this four-man rotation and Jake is at the helm? So that's a whole another problem that we may not even have to worry about. But at we the same time, we, do. we hope we do. We hope we do. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I so. think he'll be there. Uh, I'm I'm worried that he doesn't know the adjustment because he said two different things. The first thing he said was, I thought I made the adjustments and the results were the exact same. He was, could it get to his glove side? Everything was leaking back out over the heart of the plate, and he didn't make any of the adjustments. Um, and it just didn't have that zip on it. But he then said, I know what I need to do, which is, uh, you know, uh, I believe you, but also show me. So, um, but that that was the thing I said on the post game was like, I've seen him when his fastball is has that jump that he was talking about. 
he, he throws no hitters and he, he throws CGs. Um, when he doesn't, he still was able to start throwing his slider more, but he, he wasn't able to make the adjustment today or yesterday. And that's two games in a row that he couldn't adjust. So I think, again, when he goes back out, I'll be, if we get to another Scherzer start, which I hope we do, obviously, um, I expect him to make the adjustment and look good. Um, but I'll be weary and, and, you know, heavy eye, like, what are you doing? You'll be all right. You can Pitching be okay. coach, Jerry. Pitching coach, Jerry. Yeah. I'm going to be, I'm going to be looking for it. So. <laughs> uh, guys, we're going to dive into the probables for tonight's game, the batter pitcher matchup, some lineup predictions. But first I got to tell you about a new sponsor for Shea station, tough episode to debut a new sponsor, but we do love these guys over at true classic. They're all about t-shirts and finding the perfect fitting shirt for any guy out there. It can be tough to find a good fitting shirt. Uh, the thing could be too tight as a case of a bacon neck or just plain big and boxy, but true classic wants to make every man feel good and look good. Tighter fit in the chest and sleeves, make your arms pop and room in the torso to keep things cozy. That is what true classic is all about. They have an exclusive deal for our listeners. They want to hook you up with some true classic for a limited time. Only get 20 for 25% off. Oh, not just 20%, 25% off with the code Shea at trueclassic.com. It's more than just a t-shirt company. They have menswear staples you could need. They got polo workout shirts, same flattering fit as their t-shirts as well. Boxer briefs as well. You can get anything you need. Uh, from trueclassic.com. They got every single size out there. They got long body options for the tall guys like Jerry Blevins. Perfect. And triple XL is the max size they got there on all their staple colors. Skinny dudes, big dudes, buff dudes, my dudes. True Classic has you covered. If you go to their website, use code Shea, you get 25% off and free shipping, including on purchases over $100. There's a 100% risk-free guarantee with a 30-day return policy as well. True Classic, when you look good, you feel good. Thank you to them for sponsoring today's episode of Shea Station. I am done talking about wildcard game one. Let's talk about game two because there's plenty to look forward to. A lot of good matchups. Jacob DeGrom on the hill. Mets have a chip on their shoulder now. Yeah, man. Uh, DeGrom big time. Like this is this is what it's all about. I'm excited for DeGrom. Uh, and Francisco Alvarez is probably going to be in there. DH. I know. Would you... Uh... Well, Francisco Alvarez, maybe? No, no. Nito looked good again. Nito looked good again at the plate. Yeah, he's he's. I thought he hit a homer, um, but I thought he he got a good piece of that. Yeah, he He really did. Good at bats. This is the kind of you know, he he looks good. So continue it. So he's there. So for DeGrom, uh, the Padres didn't get a chance to look at him in the regular season. When we played them twice, he was still on the injured list. Could be an advantage for us because they're kind of going in blind. So the most recent at-bats any of these Padres hitters have had against them is 2021. DeGrom, as we know, has not thrown in the playoffs since 2015. His numbers in that playoff year were really, really good. 25 innings pitched, 8 earned runs, a 3-1 and record, 29 punches to 8 walks. The big thing that I think a lot of people are looking at are his last four starts of the season, which came against some lowly teams and the Braves. Uh, 21 innings there, 14 earned runs on six home runs allowed, and an 0-3 record. So it is going to be, what Jacob deGrom do we get tonight? Do we get the one that kind of leaves it all out there? Or do we get the one that maybe we saw in September that didn't have his sharpest stuff? 
Yeah, man. Uh, and again, this is this is the thing, and, it, and it's hard to say for like Mets fans to hear. This is the team that you were excited about going into spring training. It's the the one two punch of Sergio Degrom, and that's who you got to trust in if they're going to be there. So Degrom is the guy. He's the the next man up. The the stopgap. This is this is your bread and butter. This is your backbone. If you go down and those two guys fall short, um, not much that you can you can say. You know what I mean? Yeah. So definitely so. Uh, as for Blake Snell, uh, he finishes the year with some pretty good numbers, an 8-10 and 10 record and a 3-8-8 ERA. Um, had a much better second half than the first half, but still a good year on the whole. Uh, his two starts against uh, the Mets we talked a little bit about before, one pretty good, one not so good. Uh, the one not so good came in his shaky first half. And Snell does have a decent playoff resume. I will say most of that came in the 2020 playoffs, but he was one of the faces of that entire playoff run, specifically his last start against the Dodgers where Kevin Cash yanked him early. Still don't understand that. Jimmy has a great breakdown on that as well, where he kind of details just why it's a bad move across the board. Uh, but in 2019 and 2020, Snell had nine playoff games, 35 innings and a 2.83 ERA, 45, uh, 44 punchies to 14 walks, six homers allowed. And Snell, unlike DeGrom, finished the year pretty strong in his last four starts. 25 innings, only two earned runs allowed. Both of those were solo shots and a two-and-one record. So Blake Snell versus Jacob DeGrom should be a very exciting matchup. Yeah, man. Blake Snell is different than the Snell that was in Tampa. He is understandably not going to pitch deep into a game. Um, And he's used to be fastball curveball. Now he's fastball slider curveball, heavy slider. Um, Maybe like two change-ups a game to to righties, but he's a 60% fastball, especially to lefties. Fastball top of the zone, slider off of that, and then curveball off of that. So um, he's a swing-and-miss style of pitcher. He's going to throw high 90s, and he's going to nibble at the zone and and try to get you to chase and swing through it, and then they're going to rely on their bullpen. So it's – if I were a bet man, I'd be putting money on the Mets, but uh, I don't know the lines. I don't mm. know, you know, the odds that you're going to get. But the Mets are still it, favored tonight. That's exactly what I was going to say. The Mets are going to be favored um, because of the way they've been playing. I imagine the favors is probably not as lucrative mm. or more lucrative if you bet Mets now than it would be normally. Right. So maybe, uh, but I, I'm, I have all the faith that I would be shocked if the Mets don't win tonight. So. Jerry, let me ask you something. Is it immoral for me as a Mets fan to go ahead and put money on the Padres, almost as if I'm betting for a Padres loss, like I'm paying for the Mets to win? Uh, I I would never do that, mm-hmm. but you do what you you do what you got to do, man. You told me everything I, I need to know with that first part. You told me everything. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not. Yeah, I I don't hedge my bets especially when i'm rooting for my team you know mm-hmm. what i mean i got you that's fair i gotta stay loyal uh, maybe i'll bet on the mets go for double double i know a lot of people that do what you're you're saying you're like oh well if i don't win my game at least i win some money right so there's but no money know... can heal this heart if we lose no money can do it <laughs> <laughs> yeah well you know this is i like what i saw Marte is playing through Marte games. looked healthy 
Eh, he looked healthy in his legs. Yeah. His hand looked painful, uh, especially when he ran into the wall on that oh, catch. Yeah. Great yeah. catch. So he's he's playing through it, man. Uh, yeah. And hats off to him. He's not complaining. He's just saying, you know, it's there. So Yeah. I don't remember. I think he slid headfirst on both of his steals, right? He did. What a warrior. He's got a uh, he's got that, you know, the the club on his yeah. on his right. Surprised hand. it fit in the batting glove, honestly. Yeah, thing looks thing looks thick. Yeah, so we got some probable numbers, uh batter matchups against Snell and DeGrom. Do you, does anything stick out to you right off the bat that you think we should jump on? Cuz I like some of these Mets hitter numbers against Snell. I like all of our Mets hitters numbers. Here, here's the uh, the guys have success off of him. If they're patient, they get a ball they can hit. Um, I, I'm. How do you feel if they start Darren Ruff tonight? So, I, I want to preface this by saying Ruff is three for seven, a homer, three walks, and three punches against Snell. And Alvarez came up last night, didn't have a great at bat against Luis Garcia kind of stared at a pitch to end the game. Mets fans will be very upset, I think, if Darren Ruff is in tonight's lineup. Me personally, if you do start him, which I think I would be okay with, if he has two poor at-bats, I'm yanking him. Like, I'm taking him out of the game. I'm throwing in something else just to try and get it to work. But I... I think you have to go with the numbers here a little bit. Alvarez, he's a 20-year-old kid. He's never seen Snell before. He's probably never seen that nasty of a lefty before. And Darren Ruff has been there in the playoffs. He's homered off Snell. He's got great numbers against a lot of the Padres relievers as well. I don't know, man. Try and find some magic. Why not? I don't know. I start Alvarez. You start the Alvarez. reason he's here, he looked fine. He got an at-bat last night. Uh, get those jitters out. And he can catch up to a fastball. So top of the zone's tough for him because of his uppercut swing. But I think if they they talk to him about approach and everything and he doesn't chase, which he showed me in the Washington series, that he can be patient too. I think he'll be fine. And I, I like the roll of the dice if because people will show up with pitchforks if Darren Ruff looks terrible that first at bat. Yeah, and I think that Ruff might be better served in a pinch hit scenario better than Alvarez just because that's a tough spot for the kid and you want him to get a, a couple looks to see what you can get. Whereas Ruff, I think, is probably a little bit more use to that kind of role. Um, but yeah, I, Darren Ruff in the starting lineup. I see the the reasoning behind it, but it would lead to a mob at City Field. It would. Yeah, if, <laughs> if if he doesn't perform, especially with runners in scoring position, I like the lightning in the bottle. I like the the rolling of the dice of what you could get from Alvarez. I think, you know, all things being equal, Darren Ruff would have had a great second half with the Mets, and he would have shown up, and this would have been the easy choice because yep. of his numbers. But he looks so bad. He looks so bad. Yeah, so I don't know. But uh, Mets hitters against Snell are honestly solid across the board. One that's really encouraging to me is Pete. Pete has some good numbers, three for nine, a double, a homer, and three walks, and only one strikeout, which is nice. So hopefully we see some hard contact from Pete. Hopefully he the jitters are off after game one and he can settle in a little bit. Uh, but it's a lot of the guys in the middle of the lineup too. Canna is four for 11 with a double and three walks. Marte, who looked 
good, all things considered, last night. Five for 15, a double and a home run. McNeil is two for five. Nimmo is three for nine with a double. Um, but there's one guy that surprisingly has struggled mightily against Blake Snell. Do you know who it is? No, I don't. <laughs> it is Francisco Lindor. Three for ah. 25, a double and five punch outs. So Lindor <laughs> from the right side has not been sharp against Blake Snell, but he's about the only guy I could find uh, with poor numbers against Blake Snell. A lot of these guys drew a decent amount of walks, hit for extra bases. Um, so Lindor is going to be a little bit of an X factor because we're still kind of waiting for our Lindor postseason moment. And uh, tonight would be a really good spot to get one. I agree. And again, I've liked how, what Lindor's looked like so far uh, over this stretch. He was unbelievable down the stretch, kind of had a rough go of it in Atlanta, like everybody did. Um, and he, he, he took some decent at-bats uh, last night. So uh, I looked for him to write the ship. Pete Alonso, on the other hand, man, he looked real, real out of, out of uh, his comfort zone. Um, he needs to calm himself. I think it was pretty indicative that second at bat walking off the field, shaking his head. Like, I don't know what I'm doing out there. Like yeah. he literally looked like he said that he flung the bat. One of his strikeouts as well. That was, is... that was that one. He threw the bat, which I don't think I've ever seen. He just launched the bat and then he was walking off, like took his helmet off. Like, uh, uh, I don't know. Need some like, meditation. Whoa. Need some home run derby meditation from Pete just... right now vibe a little bit oh. Ten like some yeah. music's playing in your head <laughs> he just needs to relax and uh that's it yeah. that's the thing the, the Mets can win without Pete Alonso but they can also win just because of one man named Pete Alonso yes. like um they don't need him but he could win it for them yeah Trev said this on talking baseball and it's like it's great when the bottom of your lineup gives you stuff like Eduardo Escobar had a great game last night and Starling Marte looked sharp but you need your guys in October. Like you can't have a cold streak from your two biggest guys in your lineup. Um, and I know it's only one game, but like all it could be this entire run is two games. So like you got to wake up and do something for us, man. Yeah. Yeah. I want to see, uh, I like the way Nimmo's looked at the plate. Um, McNeil looks good. Like I, I think, I think you can win with the Grom on the mound without Lindor Alonso producing. Obviously, it would be a much easier road to victory if those two guys step up. You said something about Marte. You think he'll, he'll move to the second. I'm, I'm not sure Marte gets a start today. Interesting. Uh, I don't know if you only, can take only him out of line. Uh, they wouldn't take him out of line. If he can play, he'll play. But like, that's a lot of at-bats. That's a lot of swings. That's a lot of impact on that finger. I hope he's fine to bounce back. So. That's what I'm going to look for for him. If he's available, he'll be in there starting. So, yeah. I mean, if I'm the Mets and you said like you can, the, the Mets can get a win without Lindor and Alonso going. I agree with that with DeGrom on the mound. But at the same time, like you need to come out here and you got to make a statement, man. You got to try and reclaim that momentum. You need to get the crowd into this game because the crowd wanted to be into it last oh, night and they, they were did. taken out of it almost immediately and never really got the chance. So I, I feel like that's what, what Alonso was trying to do. He was trying to have a moment. And instead of just taking an at-bat, he was trying to lift. It was crazy because I was walking around in the stadium right at the beginning. Like after we finished, uh, I went and walked around. I wanted to soak up the environment, which was electric. And I'm walking around 
I think I'm on the concourse on the 500 level watching the game. And then they hit that home run off of Scherzer in the top of the first and the crowd dies down, but then they pick it back up. And then in the, in the bottom of the first, they're going bananas runner on third, less than two outs. And then Alonso's horrible at bat deflated. And that was like the momentum went to, went to the Padres and the Mets had a chance to steal it back. And instead it like snowballed even worse the other way. So that was tough. And then in the second, the same thing. Um, so don't force action that this is something that I did when I was a pitcher. I knew like in the moments I knew guys wanted to be the hero. And so I, I would take advantage of that because I would give them something they think they can hit and have them chase out of the zone. And I could work that into my favor. Um, and so I want, to just relax a little bit you don't have to be the hero let yourself play and then that'll become that'll be natural so I think I think that first game jitter will be out of the way and he can take a breath because it's the playoffs it's a big environment a lot of guys um it's a little bit overwhelming at first so and it would be very 2022 Mets to come back and win these two games when everybody's counting you out um so that's certainly what we're all hoping for um, we got some notable matchups against DeGrom as well. A lot of poor stat lines, which is what you'd expect for a batter against Jacob DeGrom. Uh, Josh Bell, 0 for 6, three punch outs, never gotten a hit against DeGrom. That's encouraging because he looked like a bad man last night. Uh, Jerickson Profar, also homered last night. He's 0 for 5 with a punch out against DeGrom. Uh, Grisham, Drury, Nola, they've never faced DeGrom. Cronenworth, Kim both have really small sample sizes, so they're relatively inexperienced. There's four guys we should really talk about with decent sample sizes and mixed results against DeGrom. Uh, the best line you could find here is Manny Machado. And I, we talked about in the prior episode about how he had really poor numbers against Scherzer. Didn't matter. He absolutely tattooed a fastball. Uh, maybe the quickest I've seen a home run get out at, at uh, City Field. Uh, Machado six for 20 with a walk and six punch outs against DeGrom. Not a bad line there. Uh, Will Myers five for 24. He struck out 11 times against DeGrom. So we can bank on that. Big one for me is Juan Soto. Uh, Juan Soto and Jacob DeGrom is a classic baseball matchup. We used to get it a lot more than we do now because he's not in the nationals anymore. Three for 15, a double, a home run, three walks and four strikeouts. Um, I think, Maybe the most annoying part about yesterday is that you lost the game 7-1, to but you made Juan Soto go 0-4. He was a non-factor in the game. He was handled, and it was the rest of the Padres lineup that did the damage, which is kind of a sucker punch a little bit. But that doesn't mean you know you can ease up on Juan Soto. He's still just as much of a threat as he was before, and handling him should be a big part of the Mets' uh, agenda today. Yeah, man. He he hasn't been the same this year, especially as a Padre. His numbers are all down. Um, but you can't pitch to him like that. You have to assume he's still the same, you know, powerhouse because the last thing you want to do is to, to give in to him and for him to turn things around. So you have to attack him. Um, the last thing about yesterday's game, the Machado home run, a mistake. He threw a fastball in Machado for a big guy loves to have the ball close to him. Josh Bell, the opposite. He tried to go in. Threw the ball away twice, 3-0. Pitch was right right away. Tried to go in 3-1 and left it over. He couldn't get to his glove side. And Josh Bell, like most big guys, loves to get his arms extended and mashes the ball. 
So you should throw everything in to Josh Bell, which is, you know, Jacob DeGrom throws that fastball glove side, that slider um, coming into him. And, you know, for Machado, he doesn't like the ball as much away. Um, and he, he crushes off-speed pitches even more than he does fastballs. And DeGrom has, you know, an amazing fastball, maybe the best on the planet. Um, although Helsley, who got beat up a little bit. Can you believe issues. that? That's he crazy. Some, he got some numbness in his middle finger, but man, that guy's fastball is explosive. Yeah. Um, but so, I, again, I, I'm expecting vintage DeGrom. Yeah. I mean, as he should, man. I mean, the Bell home run, it almost looked like Scherzer tried to throw the same pitch twice in a row, which I he tried just... to do the. He messed up. He missed twice. Yeah, missed twice. Um, can't be doing that against a, a dangerous hitter. But I mean, I hope DeGrom comes out angry. I hope he comes out with a little bit of intensity, knowing that his last time here was seven years ago uh, when he was a kid. And it's been a lifetime since two Cy Youngs, since multiple all-star appearances. And um, you said it at the top of the show, and I, I don't want to do too much on it. But yeah, this could be the last time we see Jacob deGrom in the blue and orange. And it's something worth discussing. But at the same time, I want to duck it as much as I possibly can. Yeah, man, that's fair. It's It could be. We'll talk about it when, when that road becomes clear uh but you know this is if you're a Mets fan and you've been with this team for a while this is the best player you've seen in a long time um come out and support I think this environment the first time pitching at home for him uh in a playoff game is going to be an amazing environment I think it's going to be electric here the the crowd was awesome last night it's going to be cold tonight uh even more so but uh i i expect you know i expect to find a highlight reel type type game uh for the ages from jacob Degrom. before we get going can i get a lineup prediction from you tonight what do you think we're looking at what do, what do you mean you am i a guy i'm you, looking at because i thought like what's your starting nine because i know you mentioned you might not see Starlight Morte in there is Nito so, McCann starting? Alvarez or Ruff? Nito, Nito starting. It's, okay. If if McCann's starting, uh, I might show up with a pitchfork. <laughs> um, I think you got to anticipate Marte playing because yeah. you know. So I think he stays at the bottom of the you know the order. Although they might switch him and McNeil to give McNeil more comfort down at the bottom of the of the lineup, and it might be better we'll see how he feels if he doesn't feel good i don't think they'll move him up um but i think alvarez is going to be dh and uh i think that's the best most explosive lineup that you can have yeah i think um a lot about the mets offense changed when sawing Marte went to the il just because that two hole is just kind of a it's a rotating door and starring Marte kind of been a stable beacon there so if i'm the mets and he's healthy and he's playing i'm i'm pushing him up uh, I think Nimmo, Marte, Lindor, Alonso, that one through four is what we've been missing. And I think everybody's a little bit more right when we have that. Because then McNeil's down at the five. You get him in a runners in scoring position scenario. Escobar goes down to that seven uh, behind Canna. And I do think you start Alvarez and Nito here tonight. I think you you go with the young gun with the quick bat and see what he's got against the lefty because that's what he's here for. Maybe rough pinch hits later in the game. Um, 
I'd love to see Terrence score on the base paths tonight, especially with how vulnerable the Padres looked behind the plate last night. And I need to hear the trumpets tonight, man. I gotta hear the trumpets well, tonight. I promise you that the Mets won't go out without Diaz pitching. You know what I mean? Unless Degrom's going for a CG. Um, yeah, because it, that's Buck Showalter learned from not pitching. Um, who's a lefty? Britain. Uh, Britain. Yeah, I mean that was his. Everybody was like, "Oh, he's done. He's old. Mm. He's saving his closer." But that was on the road. It took him six years to get a job again. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I think he's shown nothing but brilliance and ability to adapt and take in all the information you can. I've been so impressed with Buck. Again, this season, play a scenario out real quick with me. They lose tonight. Season feels like a failure, but I don't think it is. Um, I, in in the immediate moment, it'll feel like a failure. It'll be a disappointment, hands down. This team should have gone farther. But if you're a Mets fan, you could feel good about the direction of the franchise. I think, you know, you've got a lot of question marks going, but at least you have a foundation of winning baseball, a formula of success. You'll have to replace a bunch of talent. There'll be a lot of question marks out there with guys going. But again, hopefully we're not there yet. This is an offseason discussion that we can have later on. But uh, this is I'm looking forward to a Jacob deGrom moment. And I think he's he's going to shine. Yeah, let's get game three. Let's get it to Bassett. And let's let's keep going. Series is not over. It's not a wild card game. Got to show up tonight. Make it count for something. Elimination game. DeGrom's really good in those, though. He's really I good mean, in that the, spot. The stage doesn't get bigger and brighter. And this is a DeGrom moment. So I, I'm, I've seen him pull through so many times. The guy behind you with the with the long hair, I've seen him pull through. Uh, the guy with the short hair, who was won two Cy Youngs, I've seen him pull through. So uh, I'm I'm looking looking forward to tonight, big time. So hopefully, when we chat tomorrow, it is about a win, and we're previewing Game Three. Who is your secret sauce? Who's the lineup guy that you're looking for? Who's who's the one that's going to come through? You know. I picked Mark Canna at the beginning of the series, took a great at-bat last night, didn't have the results I really wanted. I'm sticking with him. I just think Mark Canna is due to do something big. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, I picked Escobar last night. No no big deal. No big deal. Uh, <laughs> I, still, I still, I think uh, I would go with him again, but I think I want to see Alvarez come, uh, come through yeah. in the clutch. Hell yeah. yeah. First postseason fun. hit for the kid. I'd be. I'd like so to now see they that have as well. to start him. They have to. If they start yeah. rough, get your pick shorts ready. That's all I'm saying. All right, guys. Uh, keep your head up. There's still one more game to Let's play. Let's go. Hopefully more after it's that. It's a new day. It's a new day. Get loud. Get excited. Be get loud. a chip on your shoulder. Be proud. Shout your name out loud. My uh, niece is a cheerleader. So sorry. <laughs> I thought you were a cheerleader for a second. I am a a cheerleader for her as she's cheerleading. Competitions, all that. Let's go Mets. Let's go Mets.